Well, hello and welcome to the CSF monthly podcast for me. As always, aiming to keep you up to date with the latest information and data in the field of rheumatology. And in today's podcast, I'm going to discuss two papers that both focus on people with rheumatoid arthritis. First paper from Bartlett and colleagues provides us with the latest data and impact of tofacitinib on fatigue, sleep and health-related quality of life. Um, you're, I think, all aware that this is a really substantial issue for us in, in the real world of clinical practice. And the second paper focuses on the most common and important pulmonary manifestation of rheumatoid interstitial lung disease. Again, a really troubling and concerning manifestation of disease when it emerges. And Tardella and colleagues have given us a, a admittedly retrospective evaluation of the evolution of pulmonary fibrosis in patients receiving jacinibs comparing to those receiving abatacep. So I hope that'll be an interesting and helpful uh, addition to your clinical knowledge base. And as always, to access detailed summary slides of the papers discussed today, pop along to cytokinesignaling.com. Cytokine signaling, all one word. Uh, it's a fabulous resource, uh, really will keep you up to date. There's summaries of the key data, the slides you can download and, and use for your, your, your personal purposes. And they're, they're beautifully prepared and really will be most helpful to you. So let me turn to the first paper, which describes the impact of tofacitinib on fatigue, sleep, and health-related quality of life. It's a post-hoc analysis of data from phase three trials. Well, the key background here, of course, is that fatigue, as you are well aware, is a common symptom in people with rheumatoid arthritis. It affects almost 80% of patients, and it's described often as overwhelming, unpredictable, severely disabling. And although it's detrimental to health-related quality of life, the clinical significance may often be overlooked. It's also associated with sleep disturbance, with pain, anxiety, and depression. And in turn is associated with some features of rheumatoid, including disease activity, levels of inflammation, and, and medication side effects. So this is a post-hoc analysis of pooled data from three phase three studies of tofacitinib, oral scan, oral standard, and oral sync. And it further evaluates the impact of tofacitinib along with conventional synthetic DMARDs and fatigue, sleep, and health-related quality of life. It looks at the associations between fatigue, uh, related PROs, and disease activity in RA patients. And, and the key results, I guess, are summarized as follows. There were significant improvements from baseline in DAS28, ESR, and CDI, uh, observed versus placebo as early as month one and maintained through month six. Active treatment led to significant improvements from baseline in FACET-F and MOS-SS and SF36 composite and domain scores versus placebo, which again were observed as early as month one and maintained through month six. Now, through month six, more patients achieved improvements from baseline in the MCID and FACET-F total and SF36 domain scores with tofacitinib as compared with placebo. And through month 12, some nominally significant improvements with tofacitinib versus adalimumab were observed. Now, with active treatment at month six, facet F scores were moderately uh, to highly uh, correlated with SF36 composite domain scores, particularly vitality, and uh, moderately correlated with most uh, MOSSS domain scores, and highly correlated with MOSSS sleep problems index one scores. So what does this mean for us? Well, tofacitinib was associated with significantly greater improvements in fatigue, sleep, and health-related quality of life, including vitality, compared with placebo through month six, with improvements maintained 
to uh, month 12. The correlations between fatigue, PROs of sleep, health-related quality of life and disease activity observed at month six underscore the, the congruence of fatigue and health-related quality of life with multiple aspects of physical, emotional and social health. So very helpful in the real world of clinical practice. Now, the second paper is a retrospective study of the efficacy of JAK inhibitors or abatacept on rheumatoid arthritis-related interstitial lung disease. Now, this is a, an increasingly important area of interest in the last number of years. Interstitial lung disease, ILD, occurs in 1.8% to 67% of rheumatoid arthritis patients. That spread tells you that there are issues here of definition and sensitivity of detection straight away. When it's present, it can lead to worse prognosis and mortality. And the management of RALD is challenging because there's actually still quite limited information available and very few dedicated clinical trials uh, informing this topic. The study aimed to examine the effectiveness of JAK inhibitors or abatacept in people with RALD. The data were extracted from a database dedicated to RA patients referred to rheumatology clinic in the Universita Politecnica della Marche, an Italian database, 75 patients. And the primary outcome of interest here was an evaluation of the evolution of pulmonary fibrosis in patients receiving jacinibs, 31, compared to those receiving abatacept, 44, using uh, CT high-resolution analysis. A secondary objective was to identify predictors of an unfavorable treatment outcome in RALD during JAK inhibitor therapy, although there are small numbers in this regard. So I mentioned already 75 patients in total, 31 received a JAK inhibitor, 44 received abatacept. Both treatment groups were generally similar from the demographic point of view. Uh, in the JAK inhibitor group, 16% um, showed RALD progression, 64.5% were considered stable, and 19.4% of patients uh, demonstrated improvement in the ILD component. In the abatacept group, 11% uh, of patients showed progression, 72.7% were considered stable, and 16% of patients demonstrated ILD improvement. Evaluation of pulmonary evolution did not show a statistically significant reduction in progression. And in JAK inhibitor-treated patients, the only RALD progression-related variable was disease duration of rheumatoid. In abatacept-treated patients, current smoking habit and concomitant methotrexate treatment were related to ILD progression. Again, small numbers here. So concluding the treatment with JAK inhibitor or abatacept was related to stability or improvement in 83.9 and 88.6% of patients respectively. JAK inhibitor treated patients worsened in only 16% of cases. And RA disease duration was the only variable associated with worsening RALD in the JAK inhibitor treated patients. Um, from these data, I think prospective studies with a larger cohort are now going to be mandatory to really try and dive more deeply into the results and consolidate our confidence in them. Now, I hope that's been helpful. If you want to look at the publications uploaded this month and access all of the other podcasts and resources, please do head over to cytokinesignaling.com. And as always, thanks ever so much for your attention. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and let us know what you think by leaving a review. So I wish you safe and healthy times, and I'm looking forward to the next podcast spent with you. But meantime, enjoy the early summer to come. Thanks very much indeed.